Well, greetings, Gunna Maniacs. It is uh, your first Adam Luke from the Gunna Swing Show. Um, and joining me, luckily, I, you know, I'm now, I'm not in the doghouse any longer, so Stephen decided to join again. Now it's Stephen from Midnight Adam. What's up, man? Oh, not a whole lot, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you for working with my awkward schedule to to make sure that we could have our conversation today. No, and no I, I think, think for a little bit. bit. Oh, hold on, it is okay. Someone pointed out double audio. Some double audio that could have been on my end because I had the stream up. I think it's my end, but I think okay. we're good now because we're going to try to do the call in thing. Um, and last time, you know, we did the call in. We had one, uh, just me. And now it's like two people, so it's like routing that audio. We'll test it out and see how it works. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, with so I've got the chat thing going again, which I love um, uh, that I can have the chat pop up. And actually, let me do something else real quick because I was going to share so then you can see what's going on. But um, if you guys hadn't checked it out, uh, yesterday on um, – Steven's show, it was pretty awesome. It was because you wanted to talk about microplastics. And I yeah. had been doing research about plastic use in general and how that can affect Gumpla. But I was like, I don't know how to like make a video about that because I don't want to be super negative. But I think it yeah. like, kind of came together. Yeah, I think that, you know, we kind of bridged the gap between like what you can do around the house and the impact that it has kind of globally. And I even forgot one tip that I, you know, should have mentioned is this stuff right here, plastic cement. So I, I mentioned this on Discord after the stream, but, um, you know, if you have those little white stress marks from like cutting a nub off and, you know, typically the only way to get rid of that would be sanding it. Put a little dab of this on, but just don't... Um, you know, don't obviously press it against any other plastic. Don't handle it so that you get your fingerprints on it. And that's going to reduce that white stress mark. So, okay. So you're saying when you sand dab some of the glue on it? No, no, no. Don't sand it uh, after you, after you dab. But like, you know, if, if you want to reduce that white stress mark from like where you might've cut plastic and it like kind of, yeah, you get that, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, you know, rather than sanding it down, you just put a little dab of this stuff on it let it dry and it reduces the visibility of that that white stress especially because... like on red and blue plastics which are pretty common for gundams right <laughs> like red and blue like primary colors are yeah okay are so new, uh, rogue new type is saying because it sort of remelts it is that yeah is that what's exactly. going on like oh cool science, science. That, that was some science right there no but um <laughs> uh anyway yeah it interesting uh show for today because i didn't really have too much planned but there is stuff to talk about and i don't know how much of it is hot takes so steven you might need to reel me in just in case <laughs> we'll um, see what happens i'll boot up twitter and we can start picking <laughs> fights with all the big <laughs> the big gundam twitter people uh, i know but um let's see who else we got so we got yeah talos in here hyena mage rogue new type zombie painter uh neo x that's cool. Good to see you guys. Good to so, see you all. Yeah, if you guys hadn't checked it out, Monday I had a video go out, uh, go up with Rogue New Type, and it was like looking at his his custom Gumpla. And um, I meant to actually have a form available today, and I'll get that available soon. But I want to have a, a Google form out there for anyone that also has custom Gumpla that they want on. That you just fill out a form. It'll be like you're up to five uh, custom Gumpla. And you have the option if you want to actually be on the video or not. I, I'm sure there's some people out there that are awesome customizers, but they're not comfortable being on camera. Yeah. So that's cool. So I'll just put in there, put a description of like if it has lore or if it's just like what you used to build this. Um, it would be cool to, to kind of that talk is really cool. Because and, and like you said, you know, I think a couple of weeks ago you mentioned offering like photography services yeah. for Gundam builders because there's a lot of great customizers that just like you know, can't take photos and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I'm, I'm terrible at Gumpla photography. So no, that's a good point because like in rogues case, he was lucky. He has someone that can help him with photography, but some people don't. And um, I don't know what the logistics would be, but if someone has a, a, a kit that they just wish they could have some good photos on um, reach out to me and we'll see what we can figure out because I, if it's something that I can then turn into content to kind of show off your, your custom gumpla i'd love to do that um 
Because, yeah, there's a lot of times I see custom Gumpla and it's like I see the picture and then I move on. And it's like <laughs> sometimes I just want to know more, yeah. especially because like learning from Rogue, if people are like explaining how they're doing it, that just gives me ideas, you know, to do even more of that. So, um, yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's that's what this hobby is all about, right? Is like sharing and learning from each other. Yep. Uh, Benjamin is saying, what do you think of the high grade DJ? I don't have one. Did did you pick one up? Yeah, I have one. I think it's good. I mean, if this is the only one that is there only one that exists? Uh wasn't there a P Bandai Rick DJ that uh came out? Or am I'm I am I hallucinating? The, um, <laughs> I'm thinking of the one in Zeta that Amaro uses. I have the high grade of it, which is actually really nice. Um in, in fact, it fell the other day and it's in pieces. I have to go <laughs> put it back together. Uh but uh, actually, for a high grade, it looks like a robot spirit. So I have it among my other robot spirits. So it looks like it's. Yeah, there's that. something about those, like, you know, the Gelgoog and Dom type bodies um, that, that look really good in high grade. Then they yeah. hold up really well. Like, yeah, there's you know. something about that. And you know what? It reminded me the other day because I have been like uh, at night rearranging everything to try to see how I can minimize, make things a little more practical. And I um had to move the rigazi you know that and that is such a good kit it is <laughs> I, I, it's like i want to build more and you said that's from the shars counterattack line right yeah and the shars counterattack line they all have that like metallic injection uh joint parts you know they're like yes. slightly shiny grays it's really yep. cool yeah and to answer neo x no there's not a contest but just yeah so monday i had a video go up with rogue new types custom gumpla if you have some you've done, um, I'm going to make a form and people feel free to bug me if it doesn't go <laughs> up the next few days uh, where you can like, you know, put in your name, your pictures, uh, write up a little bit about them. And um, yeah, I'd love to make a video about it. And and in that there'll be an option of like, do you want to be on the video? And then we'll coordinate that. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that'd be cool. Um, what's this? I need to get my hands on a couple of those volume four artifacts, Mark two or yeah volume four artifact mark two kits yeah the artifact line is so cool i gotta see the mark two because i i haven't seen those um okay i'll have to search later because obviously those words google's like what yeah. <laughs> um hey y'all let's who's your hammer gaming oh maybe a gaming channel that's cool i'll have to check that out yeah um oh just to let you know guys your audio is matching your speaking there's a delay so let me do something about that real quick um i've learned i can hit refresh and sometimes that does something yeah we can always turn it off turn it back on turn it back yeah. on again that's the <laughs> the universal well yeah we were even talking earlier like i, I get these weird frame skips that i don't like to happen and i want to get that ironed out because on my blue gamer show on friday i have those frame skips too and yeah who knows what that's all about but yeah neo x how to join i will have a dock up um sometime by the end of the week maybe your weekend if yeah if, if it doesn't go up feel free to bug me about it um and i mean if we can't work out the logistics of like um you know like you said maybe taking photos of people's gunpla for them it might be even cool to just like offer photo retouching where oh, it's like that's true yeah you know if, if i were to give you like a template just black and white drawings of like hey pose your gunpla like this and do the framing of the picture like this where they're in the the left quadrant of the screen like as long yeah. as it's well lit like i could i could retouch that yeah that's a good point because that's a lot of what i'm doing too when i'm taking the pictures that I do, some of them I am going in and messing with maybe brightness or contrast a little bit. Yeah, um, It really did. I try with my photography because I used to do more photography back in the day. Like I tried to do it professionally, but I like to try to get the settings right on the camera. So then I don't have to do too much in post. Yeah. Because not only does that take a while, but I was also offering a thing because my camera allowed for it that I could NFC the photos right then to the people that I took picture, you know, the pictures for. So I was like, I can get Very you like, cool same minute delivery <laughs> yeah so um okay so um also i don't know if it's going to happen but uh a dhl delivery is suppo was supposed to be here already a few hours ago it said 
that the courier is a few stops away, but it looks like he's eating at Texas Roadhouse. So, you know, that's, that's okay. Um, but Can't blame if, him. Yeah, if it does come in, um, I'll go grab it for the stream. Hey, but have, do you, have you heard of Texas Roadhouse? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's like a nationwide chain. Okay. Um, we, have, we have them up here. Dude, the, the bread and the honey butter. Is, oh, yeah. That's... I could just go there and have that as my meal. Not healthy, but it's yeah, just something about that. Uh, and, and I mean, that's that's one of the few steakhouses that doesn't do the like peanuts on the floor thing, right? No, well, yeah. I don't think anybody does that anymore because of like the allergies. But uh, to be honest, the last time I was there, which actually was a while ago, they weren't doing that. They like had buckets for putting the peanut shells, and that's another thing I like was the peanuts. Yeah, that's yeah. Huh. I'm glad the guy made the stop there. He gave me the idea. No, but um, no, but what's cool is it was Tuesday. I got a notification that, or it was Monday, I forget when that uh, a certain kit was available in my private warehouse on Hobby Link Japan. So I went to go buy it, and I'm like, I don't really need this right now, and the shipping is going to be thirty. So it's like I'll wait. But yeah. then there was something I. I wanted to buy and they actually had it there cheaper than anywhere else. And there's only like a few left in stock. So I added that um, I'm being secretive because I want to like <laughs> surprise everyone. Uh, but um, when I uh, uh, went to check the shipping it would be the same. And it's like, I don't realize actually how good it is when these companies offer to like ship your stuff in bulk yeah. because it really is so much cheaper. Um and that that just makes me think. I'm. I mean, do you order often from Hobby Link Japan, or have you before? I haven't in a long time, but there is something on uh, Hobby Link Japan that I'm eyeing, and uh, I'm going to be cryptic at, like you because it's a part of a secret oh. project that I'd like to embark on. Nice. But um, but yeah, you know, it. If the price is right, I'll I'll definitely yeah. pull the trigger on it because. I think that we're we're gonna have some fun with that kit. Well, you know what? Uh, though, like with Hobby Link Japan, it's it's like normally they'll get the stuff first before it gets to distributors a lot, and it's like True. maybe that's a good place I should just be pre-ordering from. You know, that's I'm not gonna... a bad idea. I, I've I've only been burned on pre-orders from a couple of websites, and I'm not gonna name names, you know, unless people really want me to but uh but yeah hobby link japan is one of the ones that has has come through for me so that's cool yeah yeah um yeah i'm gonna remember that simply <laughs> new type yo uh good to see you hey yo uh, okay so here, here's something i i think i talked about i might have talked about a little bit on your show yesterday i forget but i talked about it in the discord so i watched narrative again and yeah. I've I've watched it twice. I watched it when I first got into Gundam. I was like, what the hell is this? I watched it after understanding Gundam, and I was like, okay, a boring new type story. And then I just watched it the other night, and it blew me away. I was like, wow, this is actually really good. And yeah. one, one crazy thing that really connected with me, and it was a simple line, and I think it was from Rita, how she's, you know, talking about – and this is a, I don't know if this is a touchy subject or not, that the concept of God, you know, what people believe, which I think there are, there are no words that can describe to each individual what God is. Like, I think, I feel like that's something everyone kind of has maybe on their own. But if you were to try to describe it, this kind of thought that I got to that I've, I, I actually heard from a bishop that Lex Friedman interviewed and i want to get that clip for a video i'm going to do but he was just talking about how like you know people like to attribute god to a person and there's nothing wrong with that because the thing that we can't explain sometimes we have to come up with concepts to help us understand it but mm -hmm. the idea is that it's like our it's like an eternal consciousness we're all connected by this consciousness that is 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 what is aware and observational so then as human beings we get to be a little sliver of that consciousness and experience physical reality. But the idea is to do good. I mean, with that kind of miracle, you know, it's like do good with that. So in, in narrative, I thought it was very interesting how uh, Rita says 
yeah, what I think souls are, and I think I could do her voice good, but I'm not going to try to do it. <laughs> She's like, what I think souls are, are, you know, like the, what, when we die, like the afterlife, it's just, we go back into the consciousness. And, yeah. and then I was like, okay, how does that really relate to other Gundam new type stories? I'm like, well, that makes sense. Because if you think of in other new type scenarios that might have to do with Amaro or Camille, it's, it always has to seem to do with like spirits or souls of other people. Yeah. And, and, and like the Axis shock was that it was like the will of everyone kind of tapped into that eternal consciousness. Yeah. Like a co collective spirit of some kind. Yeah. And I think even at the end of Zeta, when uh, Camille is sort of channeling the souls of his fallen comrades in order to defeat Shirako, there's a, a line, a little interaction between Kotz and Sarah in which, you know, cause Sarah's the only one that's saying, you know, no, I'm not going to let you kill him. And Kotz is like, don't you understand? Like once he's dead, he's going to become one with us and he's going to be with us forever. Like, and so there's that kind of, you know, like you said, it's a, it touches on spirituality and, um, man, you're just not pulling any punches. So you, you're going right into religion. We're, we're going to cover politics next. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no. And so I, I find it interesting because even as some personally, I kind of grew up where I, I felt I was atheist. I, I just, you know, growing up while well, I went to church every once in a while, like there was nothing about religion that impacted my life in any way that I had to follow it. I, I was pretty lucky. I think I have great parents. I grew up not much crap happening to me. I was very thankful. You seem pretty well adjusted. That's, that's, yeah. But like, you know, as I got older and more and more into science and the scientific method, I realized the scientific method can only get you so far. And, and science yeah. scientists know this. They know that there's, but then I realized other disciplines like archaeology don't follow the scientific method. A lot of times they just make claims based on, well, this pot was here. So it was owned by such and such. And it's like, well, yeah. that doesn't follow the scientific method. And so in yeah. my life, as I was trying to apply things, I realized, wow, really, we don't have the answers for everything. And that's okay. No, and that's, um, you know, like, hey, cards on the table, cards on the table. I, uh, I'm a Christian and there's a, um, there's a Christian writer by the name of Josh McDowell that wrote a book about like how you know, the existence of God can't be proven scientifically because the scientific method, you know, you can't test for the existence of God, right? So everything that you would do to test for the existence of God, and this goes back to what you're saying about archaeology, is it's more of a legal argument. Because when you think about like a court case, you're trying to argue yeah. about something that happened based on evidence that you have. You can't recreate a murder, but it's like, well, you know, we have fingerprints that match your fingerprints that are on the weapon that was used to kill them. Therefore, like we can't recreate the events that happened, but we have pieces of the puzzle that we can compile. And so that's what archaeologists do. It's not necessarily that they're making blind claims. It's that right. they are just deducing based on the evidence that's available to them. But to your point, you know, there is a vast absence of evidence and there's a gulf between you know, when we were created and when we started paying attention to our, our own creation. Right. Yeah. And, uh, I think that there's, so, you know, in the Bible, obviously it's, um, man is created in God's image. And I guess the, the atheist version of that would be that God is created in man's image. Right. Where mm. it's like, we yeah. manifested that, that idea ourselves, but it's all kind of, it all kind of goes back to the same thing is everything kind of returning to its, to its creation yeah in a way yeah no that's that's right and in the reason that's kind of neat and interesting to me is i feel like it's kind of cool later years in my life and i say later just more recent now that i'm older <laughs> is like experiences i've gone through reading stories of like how many near-death experiences people have and like there's similar things that happen where like a relative is talking to them or putting their hand on their shoulder or telling them it's not time. And I'm like, wait, that happens in Gundam. Like it, and it's, and it goes back to me used to being a huge star Wars fan and appreciating how George Lucas integrated a lot of Eastern philosophy in the, the Jedi way or the force users or whatever. And it's yeah. interesting that Tomino is doing the same thing with Gundam, but I feel like he's, he's kind of 
almost shedding away kind of the more the cultural aspect of the philosophies and diving into just the the question about a spirit like yes yeah. soul consciousness is more than just this physical body and it's it's just amazing to me how i feel like the line and narrative really resonated with me like a psycho wave <laughs> i just had to add that uh, well you know I, that's one of the things that i love about tamino as a creator is that most writers when it comes to films television books they use the characters as a voice for themselves and they kind of try to impart their own message through the voice of one of their characters one of the things that you have to appreciate about gundam is that just because a character says something doesn't necessarily mean that it's true. And it doesn't necessarily even mean that the creator believes that. And one of the things that Tamino Gundam series do well is you have all of these characters that, you know, some people on Twitter might call them throwaway lines that mean nothing. But those of us that kind of pay attention understand that, you know, some of these lines are written so that you can kind of appreciate different perspectives. And as a viewer kind of, make the distinction for yourself if that makes yeah. sense it does and actually i think this segues to my other point that i almost feel like it might be a hot take in a way or something that you know uh i i, and I don't mean to offend people at all and it's that whole uh autism uh part of camille you know where there's yeah. that line and it's like you know what did tomino mean and like you said where characters might say things but it might not actually be true because the idea is also, well, if Camille is a new type that is able to sort of tap into this eternal consciousness, you know, is that what we're seeing then, the, that world's way to interpret, I guess, to call something autistic, you know? And like, yeah. how much could that be true today? We have degrees of cognition. And what if some of it is based on how our consciousness sort of taps into that eternal consciousness when we don't realize it is, um, you sure. know, cause you know, it's always interesting when, when I hear, I didn't grow up knowing anyone that was autistic. You know, I, I know that there's a lot of similar symptoms depending on the degree of like ADHD. And mm -hmm. I know I had this job before where, um, this guy was taking ADHD medicine and he offered me one, one time. And I, and it was amazing. Like when I had, I was like, wow, I must, have, I must have ADHD. Yeah, I was the focus. <laughs> but I mean, I don't know if that's really the case or the, these are just, again, within a spectrum, these are sort of cognitive states we have that a lot of times we need to experience something internally in order to get to the next cognitive state. Uh, you know, only because like, for instance, I have a nephew that's autistic, but he can't talk. He stands around with things in his hands and he goes like this. He can't clean himself. He, I mean, and it's like, okay, you have someone that's autistic that can't even function in society, which that's, and it's like, that's actually society's fault. That's not the person's fault. And, and then you have people with autism that will code apps, you know, like, or be on Twitter and type and be like, I have autism. And it's like, well, my nephew can't do that. So it's it makes me think like I feel like autism, we can almost learn like we're just prescribing a word to the multi-states that any individual's cognition could be. And I think that should teach us that we should be more sympathetic or empathetic to the people all around us because it's not that that person has a condition. It's just that's that person's eternal consciousness interpretation into physical reality. Yeah, I mean, that that's their kind of state of being. And I mean, we used to have a pretty offensive catch-all term for mental disabilities that is uh, taboo to say now. But like, you know, how much of what is described as autism across a spectrum is really just a series of different conditions yeah. Um, and like I said, I'm not even going to define them as disabilities because like right. you said, exactly. some people are 100% functional in society and some people are not, but you know, it's a, and then you have like t issues of like late term diagnoses, right? Where it's like, you know, one of my really good friends didn't even realize that he had auditory dyslexia until, you know, well after college. And so oh, wow. he was always like in learning disability programs and, you know, people just thought he was dumb. And it's yeah. like, no, I mean, he 
he literally cannot hear things the way that they're that they're coming out. I, I remember one time asking him if he wanted to grab lunch and he told me it was two thirty. You know, it just completely miscommunication, you know. So it's not surprising to me that when when the general public interacts with someone that has a condition like that or a limitation like that, you know, what do you do, right? You know, imagine the first person that was that, that they found out was colorblind and yeah. and they're just screaming at them like this is red. Like, I don't understand why you can't see red. You know what I mean? Like that would be crazy. And that's that's again to bring it back around to Gundam. That's what being a new type is: is being em yeah. empathic to those conditions and being able to understand each other without having to be confined by language and sensory inputs and outputs that we can communicate to one another. You put it well, and I think that's just another yet another thing that really helps me just sort of understand or like appreciate what Tomino was doing by adding that space magic element where at first I was like, okay, I'll, I'll deal with this because it, it, the rest of it is cool. But just like with the force users, you know, again, I got into star Wars because of the ship battles. I did not care about the space magic, you know? And, and, and that's the, that's kind of the problem with it is that like, you know, Lucas and Tomino, their version of the force and new types, they, they didn't have like, you know, powers you know it wasn't like the the first time you see someone actually have like a manifestable power in star wars is the emperor casting lightning but until oh, right. then everything is like all mind and feeling you know maybe yeah you have luke being able to pull a lightsaber from from a few feet away but there wasn't like this this magical element to it it was very much like psychic waves and something that was kind of tangible and yeah. same with Tamino. It's like, you know, until after Zeta, you know, maybe Shar's counterattack. Yeah, you have funnels and things like that. But that was all very explained by science, like communicating yeah. through the Psychomu systems. It's not until you get into like unicorn and narrative when you talk about like time travel and like yeah. disassembling a mobile suit by taking its inner components back in time like that, that, that yeah. level of space magic. Tomino had nothing to do with that. That's true. It's and that's what I appreciate. It's like this is where Disney messes up. It's like as non-Tamino creators are making UC stories, they are looking at the essence of what Tamino is trying to say. And yeah. and but that's the thing. I think it's still very valid for someone to be like, well, narrative is not for me because I know what Tamino is trying to say with the new type stuff, but then that show is that movie is just about the new type stuff. I don't care. Like for me, sometimes when Star Wars is just about Force users, I don't care too much. It's <laughs> it's interesting, even though I appreciate it and think it's cool. Um, yeah, yeah, you know what? It was very interesting, like, in narrative, how much they do explain things sometimes. Like, how the, the, the Phoenix was almost like the human, the physical, human's physical representation of the ultimate, like, psycho thing, material like a physical form and how it took the unicorn going into awaken mode for the Phoenix to, to come back. And so yeah. it's like, they knew the only way they could get the Phoenix to come around is cause like that psycho resonance to occur. It, so it's in, these are things that I didn't necessarily get the first or even second time around. I watched narrative. I think it's because I didn't, I think even when you watch Gundam stories about new types, you still have to kind of sit and think about it. Because like you say, in in these Gundam stories, it's not like they're telling us verbatim what everything means. You have yeah. to pick it up through kind of the human element of it. Um, and I got to shout out uh, Lucas Garrett saying, you know, ghosts inhabiting Gundams, because that's what the Phoenix was. It's like, you know, yeah. a... And that ties back into that idea of a spiritual plane and 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 that universal consciousness that that we're talking about. Um, obviously, manifested in a very physical form with the ability to control a machine. Which, yeah, and it's interesting because that was like there. That's why they and I think it further reinforces that idea where they like had to hide away the unicorn and the the banshee. It's like, well, you know. Why does that matter? But it's kind of like it I, does answer a question because yeah. like, you know, 
it, it makes you wonder, like, if you had something like the unicorn sitting around during Char's counterattack, why was, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, it would have appeared during the, uh, you know, the um, Axis Shock, and it would have blown up the asteroid. Because it seems like, by default, the the new type spirit is good, or the person's spirit is good, even if they're a bad guy. It seems to be once they go into that consciousness, once they die, it's like they're good by default. And I've always said I feel like, and again, this has to do with, you know, by my age, what I've experienced. Like, I think the default in life is to do good. It's how people are raised that they get caught in so, sort of the bad thoughts, being negative. Because I, there was a, a time when, and I might have talked about this before, where I would um, pass out a lot randomly. Um, this had to like, hmm. it would be late at night. I would wake up passing out very weird. Um, and, uh, I went to the doctor about it and they said, everything's fine. It's called like syncope or something where that can happen and you're fine. Interesting. But anyway, because I was doing this repeatedly, I would know it's coming, prepare myself to be like, okay, I want to try to, I want to try to be present to feel what it's like the entire time losing consciousness and then gaining it back. And what I came from to with that is whenever I gained my consciousness, my default feeling was of like joy and happiness. I remember one time I went to the kids' bathroom to pass out because I, I didn't want to wake everyone up, uh, you know, fall, passing out. I mean, I, this sounds scary, but it's really not, guys. But um, uh, I remember waking up and looking around being like, wow, this is a very nice bathroom. This like in terms of just seeing it's weird because I didn't know where I was. I didn't know who I was. It, and this is all in a split second, but I just knew that everything around, like I just liked everything around me, even though I didn't know what it was. Interesting. Yeah. And so that makes me think what, you know, what if our default mode is more of the joy, just like with a puppy, a puppy is going to be cute and happy all the time, unless it's abused. It's not like they learn like specifically to like hate things unless it's like kind of their default, like um, defensive, you know, sometimes dogs have a defensive mode based on how they were raised, what they were around. But when dogs well, were in the moment. A, yeah. I mean, that goes back to what you were saying. It's an environmental factor. It's yeah. not something. And yeah. I mean, it could be down to like, you know, not to get psychology one oh one, but I mean, you know, the idea of like, your id and your ego and then your super ego like yeah a person's id a person's subconscious is generally positive i think it's a person's conscious or super or super conscious yeah that you know once you are aware and you have like you know intelligent you're capable of intelligent thought that's when you start becoming capable of being manipulative and greedy yeah. and you start falling into those um you know, well, you, I would call them sins, but, you know, other people right. just call them bad behaviors. But I mean, the, it's self-destructive behavior is, is ultimately what it is, because just because something feels good doesn't necessarily mean it is good. Yeah. In, in fact, I like what King Dylan is saying here. It's like, or maybe they transcend their preconceptions of what they thought was right or wrong and now see what is happening in its entirety instead of their narrow point of view. Yeah. Just like Dozel. Even though it's like you could see an origin, they made Dozel, you know, seem like a, a nicer guy. But Amaro was seeing that kind of like evil from him, you yeah. know. And then, uh, you know, he passes away, goes into the internal consciousness. And then that's where there's uh, – anyway, I feel like that is so deep and it's not really discussed, I don't think. Yeah, and, and, and like I said, you know, it's there. You get these random sort of throwaway lines, like when in Char's counterattack, where Lala says Char is pure of heart, and Amro's confused, like Char's yeah. pure of heart. What are you talking about? Like, yeah, what what is the audience supposed to make of that? You know, yeah, yeah. That, maybe maybe in Lala's perspective, being a part of the eternal consciousness, being in the afterlife, and having that omnipotence you know she can see that char is is good at heart but it's the consequences of you know the situation and the context of what what's happened to him that is causing him to act out in such a way and so i don't think that char was ever going to be redeemed without being killed yeah no exactly that that's interesting too because it's almost like that's kind of his path anyway and even in in uh 
unicorn. They have that scene with full frontal and Char and Lala is like, okay, you're trying to do your bad guy thing, but just come with yep. us. You know, it's time to go. Yeah. It's uh, anyway, I, it, it, that's great. It's a cool, you know, getting into Gundam just keeps getting better and better. And I love how like watching narrative again, kind of like personally made a connection with me that like I can relate to. And it just makes me appreciate the storytelling even more. It's, it's almost like those synchronicities that happen in life. It's like too coincidental, you know, that some of my personal beliefs and, you know, I don't know. It's, it's very interesting. So I don't know if that comes off as, you know, and I think I was saying hot takes and stuff. It's because like, I, I'm always afraid to offend someone because religion is so important. Spirituality, personal thoughts are so important to people. Um, especially if they hear something one way and be like, well, that's not how life is, you know, like, yeah, it, cause I remember back when I was, when I was, when I considered myself atheist, I loved, um, uh, debating with people, but it would be other people that like to debate. It wasn't like out of anger. It was just, Hey, let's debate this. And the, the thing I learned about that is I hated if I offended someone and I always think about that. So I want to have these discussions, but I don't want to offend anyone you know yeah i think it only becomes offensive when you start to try to disprove someone's point of view and yeah. you know i think that we're always going to have disagreements and we all have different interpretations of of things even something you know religion and politics obviously are the the taboo ones but even something as simple as like what what a line in gundam means you know there are some people that extrapolate you know relationships between uh shar and garma that you know, some people think that they were romantic with each other and other people oh, are like, yeah. no, they're just good friends. Um, but, you know, ultimately, we're just sharing our interpretations. We're not uh, trying to prove that one side is right. And I think that. I don't know. I no, mean, if, if we go into it with that mentality, it's it's very hard to offend someone. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. Um yeah, and I like the stuff coming up in chat too. Yeah, Sh Lucas Garrett Shar is the equivalent of Anakin Skywalker for Gundam UC timeline. His aims are righteous, however, his manipulative nature and tactics are underhanded, and that's exactly. why he gets redeemed at the end, becomes a Force ghost, and then he's good. Like, mm -hmm. it, it's that's almost helping explain George Lucas's idea with Force ghosts. You know how, and that's why the Sith can't be Force ghosts; they have to try to live forever. Right. Wow. It's it's I feel like this stuff is way too unless there is some sort of common idea humans tend to have about spirituality. And we again, we're just using different terms to describe the same thing. You know, what if there is a collective understanding, but we just don't realize it because of the words that are used are different, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. And I mean, that's something that you and I have talked about this in the past where it's like you know, even even God would have a hard time communicating some of these ideas that that human beings just aren't even capable of understanding. Right. To humans like like what if God could just share everything that, yeah. that he knows, you know, it would overwhelm the human mind because then it would just we'd have more questions. We'd probably just die and become <laughs> the, the consciousness again. <laughs> right. Which, hey, that's the easiest way to figure out all the answers, right? Yeah. Um, no, this is a good talk. Um, well, so here's the other thing. So Requiem for Vengeance, that's the next UC story coming out, at least we think, unless it's Hathaway this summer. I mean, that's all Who's up in the air. But I wonder, <coughs> between Requiem for Vengeance and Hathaway, are they going to dive into new type stuff i my opinion i hope for um uh i hope for requiem of vengeance they don't bother with that it doesn't look like they're going to yeah i kind of want the straight up to be like that horror movie it seems like it's going to be where there's this like everyone's like scared of this gundam because that's yeah. a cool angle but with hathaway i almost feel like they need to touch on it somewhat they kind of did in the first one i feel like they and it's not like they have to. I think the story is just, and again, I haven't read the, the Hathaway novels. I know some people out there have. But I feel like the story just needs to be about Hathaway kind of learning what his place really is, you know, what he's really trying to achieve. And 
I don't know if that has to relate to being a new type. I think it only does in context to his relationship with like other new types or, you know, and how that's affecting his decisions. Um, but that I forget, did you read the Hathaway novels or any of the wiki? I haven't. Okay. No. So, so, so that's all yeah, I, I'm experiencing it, uh, cool. for the first time, like, like you are. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's the, the first movie, I think obviously created more questions than answers. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think that Hathaway as a character, even in Char's counterattack, you know, had he been more conscious, more aware, you know, if he were really a new type, you'd think that he wouldn't have shot down Chan, you know? Yeah, that's that's what was crazy. And like, uh, what was that? Or was it that his his maybe connection with quests is what made him? maybe his his new type powers kind of manifest yeah in yeah. that way where it became like an aggressive defense sort of thing i'm trying to think if there was any other precedent for that you know like um you know was there ever an instance where amuro was manipulated well i guess amuro wouldn't have been manipulated by a cyber new type but like maybe camille being manipulated by four or razamia into taking out anger on someone else i don't think i recall anything like that typically no. he he directed his anger right back at the cyber new type so yeah know. and then even to think how half you know it's interesting too and i don't know if they ever dive into this how like wasn't bright usually away and it was just mirai and the kids like i wonder how that shaped um especially if if bright and mirai and i don't know if this has been confirmed i know they say this but i don't know if that means it's true are bright and mariah new types i i assume so yeah because they yeah. talk about how the white base crew must be new types for them to do what they did so i wonder yeah. if bright being away from uh hathaway like has some sort of effect you know possibly so although you know that kind of begs the question where there's that scene in zeta where uh Char delivers a video disc to Bright of Mirai and the kids. They they oh. like recorded a video message for him and he, you know, tears up uh hearing about Hathaway's, you know, school and things like that. And it's like if if they were new types, then they would be able to kind of they, they wouldn't need that physical token of communication between them, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's you know that, that that's that's pretty interesting and i guess that goes back to what we were saying before actually before i end this is kind of like the spectrum i think there's gonna spectrum of new types yeah you know it's like the same thing like um yeah Haman and shirako are very different from like yeah. judo and amuro yep um okay so let's see um uh so next up um uh what was it i wanted to bring up I think it was something video game related. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, change subject. I thought that was a cool little deep dive, but you get some more exciting stuff. So yeah. the, let's lighten it up a bit. Yeah, <laughs> it up. Um, on the Wii. So I'm trying to go back and play as many Gundam games that I missed as possible. Um, yeah. And not that I missed it. That just weren't released here. You know, that's actually... yeah. I mean, there was like the great Gundam media blackout of the early aughts where like from probably about 2004 till like 2017 none of the video games very few of the model kits nothing came over to the u.s it was and and so one in particular that i okay so i heard that there was a gundam wii game and it uses the wii remote and i'm like okay that's probably bad but i want to check it out so i know that i've tried it or whatever um and then um it was interesting because, you know, I had to use an emulator for this. So I downloaded, get the emulator going. Um, and then looking at like the start screen, it showed the white dingo squad, like before the start screen, like I'm like, what? like they have an in-house development team that was called like the white dingo team or something. That's pretty cool. But then as it gets to the menu, the music, by the way, amazing. I can't wait. I think there's going to be a video just on the music. And it's nice. it's actually music from other Gundam games. You know, like how Gundam games have music they share, but it's yeah. like 
different iterations, like remixes and stuff. But I, I love when games do that, where it's like you get the Zionic front theme, but it's it, yeah. like in the style of a versus game or in the style of GBO2 or what have you. Well, yeah, because it's like the main theme of GBO2 on the start screen. It's like a slower operatic version, or maybe that's the wrong way to put it. And it's like, whoa, this is. But anyway, so I'm playing the game and going through the music menus, everything. I was like, wow, this is just like uh, Rise from the Ashes. And then when I start to play it. And it's first person view, right? Yeah, first person where you're inside. Now, it doesn't. Oh, yeah, because I am in a GM. So it, the early GMs wouldn't have the 360 degree. Yeah, so yeah. it doesn't have the bars on the sides, you know, of like the separation of the windows. But it does have like the HUD stuff. Yeah. And yeah, so it uses the Wii remote, but, and I'm going to make a video to explain how to do this. I was able to take this uh, Vader, you can use a PS4 controller. This has gyros. There's actually a lot of third-party controllers that have gyros. I even tried the Switch Joy-Cons, but they're way too small to, like, navigate. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so I was able to use this controller and map it correctly in the game and play it. And it is so fun. So I'm usually I'm holding this and I am like aiming like, like this, like even turning around in the Gundam, I am doing this. Um, and I, so I map cool. the shoot to uh, the right trigger, obviously, but I also have it like lock on is mapped. I have boost and jump. Uh, like, so I have the controls, like they would be modern controls and to do lightsaber, lightsaber, beam saber combat, if you're close enough to an enemy, you hold down A and it locks onto them and pulls out your beam saber, but it's like locked on. So as you're boosting, you can like strafe around and jump. That's and, sweet. And the idea is you shake the controller like up, down, left, right to do that. But what I did was I just mapped it to uh, left trigger to like every time I press left trigger, it's going to randomly, you know, do that. So. Which that makes me wonder, would it be possible to, similar to the way that the uh, Switch HD remaster of Skyward Sword, would it be possible to remap the motion controls to the right analog stick? I tried that and it's horrible. So I'm glad you asked, actually. I should explain <laughs> that. So I did that and what it does is with the right stick, like I, it has the thing in the center, but like when you move it, it's like really fast. And then just... Oh, it, yeah. Yeah, and it's like I would... It's really fast to get to where you want, but then when you, you have to wait till it gets to the edge before it starts turning. Good question, though, because I wonder if there's something where you can, like, lock the cursor. So then as I'm moving it, it's maybe there's a dead zone. I tried that. It didn't do anything. I might yeah. have to research more to see because it would be better if that was fixed. But yeah, I mean, there's um. So in Unity, at least, when you're creating, like, camera controls, there's there's two different versions of, like, there's, like, a dead zone and there's, like, a 50% weight zone. And so it's it's kind of cool the way that, that you can that you can manage the cameras within Unity. But obviously, that's a completely different platform, completely different software. I don't know if that's something that you could even do on an emulator. Yeah, I'm going to have to look into that. There's got to be something, because the fact that we can get this far anyway but anyway playing this game it has a story mode that's just like rise from the ashes you can press start and you see the map with your guys you have so a awesome. button to command it what formation you want as you go out um and um yeah it plays just like rise from the ashes it also has just a free battle mode where you just have mobile suits come at you and you can just fight <laughs> them um it has ace pilot mode where i haven't tried that yet where it has like you know the different aces that you can try this game has everything a Gundam fan would want. Like, and I feel like, and so that came out in 2009. So like to, 2009 game with the first person view in an MS cockpit, it still works. And I feel like they need to explore that more. Um, even if it, yeah. it's the harder game, just because it, you are, you know, in that first person view, make it feel more like that. Um, but anyway, so I will have a video coming up soon that kind of explains how to set up your controllers. My uh, profiles, I'll probably have it available for download to add it into Dolphin. Uh, and then I'll do a uh, just a review of the game in general. So expect that to come soon. Um, nice. Because it's, I mean, it's been fun jumping into these older Gundam games. 
Um, I even tried to. So, did you play uh, many PSP Gundam games? Only a handful of them. I I didn't. I mean, uh, I don't know if Shirt Lad's in the chat today, but I know that uh, yeah. Shirt Lad, our our mutual friend, he is he like the lord it. of Gundam Abandonware. I think he his specialties fall in PSP and SNES titles. Um, you know, and, and all of them are. It's like there's Battle Chronicle battle uh opera no not battle operation they, they all have like battle in the title yeah, like, yeah the one, so the one i played was battle tactics i think it was called yeah and i was shocked I because it's just a super competent third person action game like yeah. you know sometimes if it doesn't have a lot of content when it comes to older games if the controls work i will just have fun mastering that playing through it and and so when I was talking to Shirt Lad yesterday about it, he was telling me how, oh, yeah, and I think Barry BB is posting this. So Tactics is better than Royale and Chronicle and Universe. So I guess these four games have that same setup, apparently, which yeah. is cool. That's a whole lot of games to go back and play. But the graphics on Tactics was, like, really good. I was, like, shocked. And I don't know if it's because of the PSP screen where like they were able to pump out like really sharp textures but the uh oh that's an is it so Barry B that's an order of how they came out oh yeah order of release cool so I'm playing good then I'm playing tactics I'll then move on to there you uh, go. Royale Chronicle <laughs> the universe but Steven I think you should check these out because they it's it's like the 0081 I think 0081 is like the standard of third person yeah, um, I, I remember when I played uh, Chronicle that the oh. the gameplay reminded me very similarly of like, you know, Gundam versus like the the the, the good mm. Gundam versus not the Gundam versus extreme. You know, I'm, I'm oh, talking yeah. about like Gundam versus Zeta Gundam. It, it has that same um, fluidity of combat, which I really like. So that's cool. Yeah, you might like the earlier one tactics then because it. um it's less like the verses and more like straight up third person, uh, like 0081, Actual. slower and um, yeah, really good. So yeah, and and you know that's my plan too. As I make these videos, and I've done that with a few games, I'm gonna go through, eventually play every game and do a review. And I think some of the notable ones I have are Missing Link, G Savior, Rise from the Ashes. I'm almost done with the Saturn one. The Saturn game is so hard. It's a side scroller. <laughs> It is so hard. I'm. I thought I was near the end because it's a long game, but I still have a ways to go. Um, oh, that's interesting because Barry BB is saying Tactics has the worst controls of the bunch. Yet I liked it, but yeah, I'm. I'm sure when I played the other ones, they then they're improved. That's just awesome to know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There is. Man, a Sony you know had the best uh, portable systems. Like PSP and PS Vita are, are just excellent. both fantastic. I know. pieces of hardware. I mean, I understand that like the life cycle of even just consoles is is going to be limited. But man, those those were well-built machines. Yeah, definitely. Like even all the games, like even before getting into Gundam, after I sold off my PSP and Vita, I was like, man, there's some games I still want to play on there. Um, and, you know, it was crazy because in the mid 2010s, like even on the Vita, it was it was where it was almost like a portable PC because all those indie games that would come out on PC were on PS Vita, like Hotline Miami, the Ollie Ollie, the skate game. Um, yeah. Uh, some shooter side-scrolling shooters. But um, AC Bandit is saying Gun and Battle Tactics looks decent. Is there a ROM for it? Yes, there's a ROM for everything. Disclaimer, yeah. you're supposed to own the game. Yeah. But whatever. It's technically abandonware. I mean, really. And that's yeah. something else I learned too. So a video game company has never sued anyone for playing a ROM. Yeah. Because what it is, is they ask you do not play duplicate, like a duplication or there's a term for it. Like don't play a. Yeah. Uh, whatever the pirated software yeah. term is. Yeah. But they're just saying that now, is that legally binding? Well, no one has ever actually tested that. And that would be what it would take. It would take one of these companies, Nintendo, whatever, taking someone to court. And then that would, where the defense force would be like, okay, what's, what are we going to do here? Well, cause they know that, you know, it's not worth taking Joe Schmo who downloaded a ROM off of a torrent 
it's not worth taking them to court. What they would want to do is they would want to take like PPSSPP to court because that's a, you know, a company, it's a group of people. There's actually money to be made there, but they don't provide you ROMs because they say, no, we're not that that's, that's their legal immunity is to say, we don't give you the software. All we're doing is allowing you to run the software. You have to go find the game for yourself. And if you, you know, obviously like i think what is it pcsx uh mm-hmm. the, the playstation emulator yeah. like they say hey you gotta get get a bios dump from your from your physical playstation yeah. in order to run now are there people that are going to allow you to bypass that of course but that's not on the developer because they exactly. didn't and and there's games that you can't purchase anymore that then the company won't make money from like for instance I had previously purchased Castlevania Rebirth on Wii, mm-hmm. and I decided I wanted to play it again, but I don't have a Wii anymore. The Wii shop is shut down, so you can't re-download stuff, so there'd be no way. Um, and so at this I, point, they wouldn't make money off of it anyway. Exactly. Like, if you were to go on eBay and buy it, like, the, the original developer's not seeing any profit from that. That all goes to the secondhand market. And that's w- why these companies... That's another reason why these companies haven't sued, because even... If they wanted to, they that that's when then the law would be thrown back at these publishers, and then they'd have to state they wouldn't be able anymore to say don't play ROMs because of yeah. games that are not abandonware. And so, Johnny Tacoma, where does everyone get their Gundam ROMs? So, and this is completely legal, especially if you search archive.org, because things in archive.org are typically things that have been abandonware, and so they're there yeah. to download because. They're not in publication. They're not in distribution. The companies can't make money off of it. So they're just archived. Now archived, uh, uh, you know, archive.org has been under attack lately, you know, um, from idiotic journalists and people trying right. to, you know, insist that what they're doing is illegal somehow. But, I mean, they really are just, it is what they say. It's It's an archive of... Of just freely available knowledge that yeah. would otherwise be lost. Exactly. And and I'm all about it. And again, I'm all about too, like, even though I've downloaded and used a Switch emulator, I, because you can buy those games right now, I feel bad. I usually do it because it's like, oh, yeah, Breath of the Wild does look better at 120 <laughs> FPS. Yeah, well, you can... <laughs> But, but you still own a copy of it. So it's yeah, not, but yeah. I bought, you know, like, yeah, 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 any with Nintendo games on the Switch, I will buy them. That's why I, I think Nintendo just needs to make all their classics available because I won't, like the, you know, Castlevania, Castlevania Rebirth that was just on Wii. I, they should just have that eternally being able to download on their Switch. I wouldn't go downloading a ROM. I would buy it. Yeah. If they're like $5.99, here's the game. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, I can't tell you how many different versions of like Sonic and Mega Man games I've downloaded from various, like, you know, whether it's downloading it from like the Xbox store, or downloading it from oh. the Switch store, or buying one of those, uh, like Sega Genesis minis and things like that. You know, people will pay for it if you just make it available. That's right. <laughs> yeah. It, um, I think that's it. Yeah, bottom line, these Gund- Gundam games, like if they're releasing missing link here on the PSN store, you know, um, any of the other games, like they need to do that. People would buy it. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, and it reminds me too of like Netflix and Disney plus because it has all the old stuff and then it gets people more into a franchise and then companies like, okay, let's make another thing of this franchise since it's doing good, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I think it would give people much more reliable information, like, you know, developers, because yeah. if you could see the amount of people that are consuming the old content versus the new content, then you have a better idea. But currently, it's just, you know, it's kind of a free for all. Um, You have no idea if people yeah. are streaming Zeta Gundam over and over again. I know. I wish all of those shows were easily available, but they put them on their YouTube channel. You know. Yeah, from time to time, you can you can get in there and, and see them for free. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, even just basic knowledge stuff. I think that uh, that article from the 1998 issue of New Type that that people quote uh, Yoshiki Tomino from, like that article is now not available. But thanks to archive.org, you can share it. 
Yep, that's right. Exactly. So, no, good talk. Um, hey, I think that's it for today's episode. Um, no, it was a lot of fun. Glad we got to talk. Um, yeah, I was, was going to do the call-ins, but I just didn't because there was that audio issue, and I can figure that out for next time. So I'm going to try to get it fixed for next time to have people be able to call in. I'm glad the chat display is working. So that's yeah, that's very cool. cool. But, um, anyway, so that's it. So everyone have a good weekend. I'll see you next week and I'll probably post soon when my DHL package comes in, I'll post it on discord. What I got. Can we yeah, leave it? them a nasty review for, uh, messing up that estimated <laughs> delivery time. <laughs> well, look, it was supposed to, it was going to come here Monday. So I can't complain that I'm actually going to get it today. So <laughs> that is cool. All right. Well, everyone have a good weekend. We'll talk later. Cheers.